2: Oh, guess what, Jay? I just saw a Star Wars question pop up. Ask Amy anything. We've we've started posting the bright orange box that is your signal. It's like Pavlov's dog, you know, or why couldn't Pavlov have a cat? Anyway, it's, it's like Pavlov's dog where you see the bright orange box and instantly you all think, ask Amy anything. So we started doing it outside of show hours. So that way we are reaching a different cross section of social media. Uh, people are pretty. I would say set not that you can't randomly check Twitter or Facebook at some point uh, you know during work or whatever but people are generally into their same kind of weekday routines which means a lot of people are on social media at the same times each day so we realize that if we opened it up we would probably get a plethora of creative questions and different material. And uh, be careful what you wish for because now, now Jay is inundated. He's overwhelmed, actually. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, and is having to, to try to sift through a ton more questions. But it's a good problem to have. Nobody's complaining about that. Uh, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. So, yeah, Star Wars and food questions are always a common theme or common themes, I should say. And if you haven't yet sent your questions, you've got just over a half hour from now. It is our Hump Show staple. It's here every single week. We don't deviate unless I'm not here or unless uh, I'm I'm not feeling it. No, that's not true. I suck it up regardless. Uh, So I just saw a Star Wars question. Also saw this tweet uh, from a new follower. Thank you for listening and following. He says, us drivers see real pretty mornings uh, and he was responding to a photo that I put up. I actually wanted to call your attention to it because this photo is amazing. I, some, I'm a big fan of clouds. Clouds make the most incredible subjects. Um, and as much as there are mornings, probably more mornings than there than there are not. Uh, there, the majority of my mornings, when it comes time to take the dog for her walk, my response is, oh. I just want—I want to put my jamies on and go to bed. Read I want—I want to read my book. I do not want to go out in either the cold or the humidity. Or sometimes it's the rain. We do love the snow, but we haven't had any of that lately. I—I uh, I just want to stay indoors and go to bed after I eat my breakfast. But the dog has to go for a walk, and it's become slower and slower because she's older. And so now, thirteen and a quarter, <laughs> she's. She's set in her ways. We go all the way around a couple of blocks, and regardless of how slow, she needs to get her walks in. Now, here's the funny part. Within five minutes of us getting back in the house, the dog is snoring. She's out. Meanwhile, I still have all this stuff to do, right? But one of the benefits is that I see the most amazing sunrises at at specific times of the year, Uh, and so it coincides with my walk right now in January, that the sun is coming up. And when there are clouds, wow, beautiful subjects, beautiful. So check out the photo. It's it's not quite time. It's not quite 24 hours later. But I suppose if I retweet something that says good morning, um, <laughs> it might appear to be timely. Uh, anyway, so yes, uh, some people responding. and And our new follower and listener says, we see this in the mornings. It's real pretty yeah, there are benefits to being up early. I, I would never call myself a morning person um not not even remotely. I'd rather be up all night than to have to wake up early and work. so I admire those of you who can do it with even a half a smile on your face. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Uh, but the sunrises definitely make it worth it to be out of bed and awake at such ungodly hours. And yes, okay, no, that's not true. I can't I can't be. Be sacrilegious and say they're ungodly because they're beautiful and the mornings can be really quiet too. So, yes, God, I feel like God created sunrises so that it would be less painful to wake up early. <laughs> okay, maybe just for me.
3: <laughs> I buy that.
2: It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence again on our Facebook page or show Twitter After Hours CBS. The photo I just retweeted is my account, A Law Radio. And uh, yeah. Love to take photos, love to share photos of my dog and the beach and clouds. That's Those are my favorite things uh, to put out there on social in photo form. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers' potential playing somewhere else in what would be the AFC. According to the report, uh, that it would not be a trade that the Packers would send him to the AFC. They would not be a trade inside their own conference. Instead, they would ship him elsewhere. <laughs> I think about that and a possibility of landing with the Jets. And I think, A, Brett Favre, of course, because that would be so ironic that he would end up in the same place that uh, that Brett Favre did, at least initially. I know he, he went back to the NFC North to stick it to the Packers, and boy, did he for uh, a couple of seasons. But I, I think that the irony of that him talking about MVP and then being connected to the Jets possibly is, well, it's not lost on me. And it also reminds me of the situation with Kawhi Leonard. And And this is not really about his injury or the fact that he didn't play in his final year with San Antonio. But if you remember, we talked about it here on the show at the time, the the Spurs tried to smooth things over with him. He had gone to L.A., he had already wanted, he was interested in going to LA anyway. He he had asked the team for a trade. He didn't like the way they handled his injury. He felt like the team had hung him out to dry and was putting out a false narrative that he was able to play. He was healthy, but he was holding out on the team, blah, blah, blah. And so he demanded a trade and he wanted to go to LA. And that's where he was in the offseason. So Greg Popovich gets on a plane along with a couple of other members of Spurs Brass, and they go and they try to smooth things over with Kawhi. And they, they, you know, they try to figure out a way through it so that he had, I think, one year left on his contract, and they wanted to figure out a way that he could end his career in San Antonio on a higher note and then just go wherever he wanted. He refused to take it back. He was determined to get out of San Antonio. He felt like the repairs on the relationship, were futile. There was nothing that could be done. That that was it. They were getting divorced. So he demanded a trade, and guess where they sent him? Toronto. Now, he won a title, so it worked out amazingly well for Kawhi and for the Raptors. It was a prosperous one-year fling. But he couldn't wait to get to L.A. It's not that he didn't like Toronto. He came to love it, and he played extremely well there. But he didn't stay because that's not where he wanted to be. So my point in saying that is be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you ask for. um, Because if you are talking about MVPs and whether it's here, whether it's somewhere else, but you don't really have the leverage, you could retire. You could walk away. You could wait until this contract expired. But that'd be another two years and you would be well into your 40s. And who knows if you can come back after two years. So there's not a whole lot of leverage here unless he would refuse to play, blah, blah, blah. You know, that that would, in my opinion, not be the way he wanted to end his career in Green Bay. But he could end up with the Jets. To be fair, he would raise the level of their offense. Duh. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. He is head and shoulders far and away above... Joe Flacco, Mike White, Zach Wilson, maybe combined. I mean, he's got more wisdom, more experience, and he's a better freaking quarterback, okay, even at his advanced age. Old dudes, you know, the old dudes in sports, they rock. And I think it is sort of comical. I've heard this on local New York radio since our headquarters are in CBS, or in um, Lower Manhattan, CBS Sports Radio. The the idea that Rodgers can't handle the media in New York, Please, I mean, he's definitely in a fishbowl there in Green Bay. It's a much bigger pond, if you will, in New York, and he he would be a name, and there'd be a lot of attention. Um, and he, I do think that he pays attention to what is said. Clearly, we've got examples of that. But to to act like this guy, as much as he's all about peace, love, and Zen and ayahuasca. Uh, and beautiful moments and and all that jazz to think that he's not tough enough to handle media anywhere else is ridiculous. He's tough. I mean, he's tough. The man has survived a lot on the field, off the field. You know, his personal life has been the subject of a lot of scrutiny. He's, I think he's doing just fine. You don't have to like him, but please this idea that he would wilt with the New York media. Are you kidding me? They'd probably kiss his rear end.
4: I'm a COVID survivor. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Aren't we all? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. He was actually asked about Zach Wilson by Pat McAfee. Now, I do not know, full confession, I did not hear this section of the conversation. Uh, So I don't know if they were talking about the idea that he might potentially get traded inside the AFC. Now, he does mention that the Packers have a job to do. They, he does mention that, you know, Jordan Love was drafted as his replacement. He acknowledges all of that. Maybe that's why they were talking about Zach Wilson. But he and Pat went over the, what will be, a fourth year? Th- oh, third year quarterback with the Jets.
4: I think he's super talented. Uh, I think, you know, I think a little uh, humility is good for all of us at various times in our careers. And I think the first year they literally had no players. Um, they came and practiced against us, and I was like defense can play and the offense needs some more players. I hope that uh, whoever they decide to, to go with uh, at coordinator can come in and and, uh, and work with him and, and uh, kind of break down a lot of the fundamentals uh, for him and, and uh, get him playing on time because I think he's talented enough to have a long career in the league.
2: Rodgers is coming off of one of his worst seasons in 2022, and as he points out about Zach Wilson, it was different around him in Green Bay. Right, uh, the the receiving core was was not what it had been with Devonte Adams for obvious reasons. Now, was he able to kind of bring some of the young guys along? Sure, and he was really proud of them in the second half of the season. But it took Christian Watson that long, as talented as he was, to find that rhythm and groove. Uh, he threw for the fewest yards in any season in which he's played at least 15 games. And he had more interceptions this year than he had in a decade. Which is why I say frequently to anyone who will listen, I won my fantasy football championship in spite of having Aaron Rodgers as my starting quarterback all the way through. (laughs) No 300-yard passing games. Again, I know this well. He was not. He had one game in which he was over twenty points in fantasy. That's it's fantasy. It's not real, but you still can tell what a a player's going through, at least in terms of his stats and his individual performance. Uh, he had the broken thumb. He had the rib injuries. He had a knee injury. It's harder to recover when you're thirty nine years old. But he is a recent two-time MVP, and yes, there will be a market for him should the Packers decide they want to trade him. And we were talking about the possibilities. We know the Raiders are looking for a quarterback, but they move on from a Derek Cart. Now, they've got Devontae Adams, though Devontae wanted to play with Derek, so that whole thing is kind of crazy. Um, they could reunite. Rodgers and Devontae, who clearly have an incredible connection, I'm sure it would be there too. But you're moving on from an early 30 something quarterback in Derek Carr, right? He's early 30s. He can he can chuck the ball all over the place. It, I know it was not a great. It was not a great year for him in the first time under Josh McDaniels' offense. It it didn't click. It didn't connect. But. Carr can still throw the ball, and he plays really well. I, I, he plays really well. He had a great season in 21. He's 31, thank you. So early 30s. Would the Raiders feel like it was an upgrade to go to Aaron Rodgers? I suppose for the one season, right? But So you're kind of looking at a, you want to find a scenario where it's stopgap. Are the Raiders in that space? Where, okay, we just, we want to win now. Except in my opinion, it's not the quarterback that was, that's was that been holding them back these years, including this season. Their defense is hideous. It's been hideous, even though they've tried to make upgrades. So fine, you bring in a better quarterback on paper, a more accomplished quarterback, albeit older. And what do you do about your defense? It's going to be the same problem with the Raiders, so I don't know about that. Now, the Titans intrigue me. He had talked about Nashville before. We know the Titans are, at least at this point, are not ready to use Malik Willis full-time. And Ryan Tannehill, he's essentially done with them or could be done with them. So that one really intrigues me because they have a team that's very good if they can have a solid quarterback who isn't just a game manager. Derrick Henry's phenomenal. They have a great offensive line. Their defense can be really tough. Can they change their identity under Mike Vrabel? I feel like the Colts, by the way, both the Titans and the Colts finished up last season on seven, or this season on seven consecutive losses. The Colts, I feel like they're not going to do this again. Maybe it's me, but I feel like the buyer's remorse and the the this kind of idea of being gun-shy that's not what they want to do. And they don't have a, they don't have a coach yet. They've got you know, front office positions they have to fill out. I suppose there's a chance. It just feels like that would be regurgitating the same plan that has not worked. Now, they did go to the playoffs with Phillip Rivers, but he retired. And there is a chance every year now that Aaron Rodgers could retire, correct? So do you really want to put yourself in that same spot? It didn't work with the aging Matt Ryan. Not all his fault. Not all his fault. Their offensive line turned out to be one of the biggest disappointments in the entire NFL this season. It's a major reason why Matt Ryan got clobbered over and over because he's not mobile. It's like a, more along the lines of a Tom Brady. He's not able to protect himself other than to throw the ball away. Now, Rodgers is a little more mobile, but it's not like he, it, he's a pocket passer. I mean, he's been able to elude pressure, but again, he's older too, and you can see that he's, he's slowed down a lot. So I don't I just feel like the Colts they're, they're probably not going to be touching that. The Ravens we talked about, Lamar Jackson, they want to work it out with him, but what if Lamar isn't isn't playing ball? What if he's not interested? And then definitely the Jets are part of that conversation. So Rodgers is open to it. First has to decide if he wants to roll the dice essentially, if he wants to come back and then allow the Packers to decide his fate. Now, I did mention the Patriots last hour. I don't think it's likely. I just want to clarify. I don't think it's likely. I do believe the move uh, of bringing back an actual offensive coordinator, one that Bill Belichick is familiar with, signifies that they're getting serious about their offense. They're not going to just hope, hope and pray that it works out. No, I mean, putting Bill O'Brien back on the staff, there's a, a goal here.
4: Bill O'Brien is headed back to New England, actually already there in the building and expected to be named the Patriots offensive coordinator again. O'Brien was on the Patriots staff from 2007. Through 2011, before he left to go to Penn State, and then eventually to the Houston Texans as their head coach. Past couple of years, O'Brien has been at the University of Alabama. Did not coach Mac Jones there. O'Brien got in that building right as Mac was headed into the NFL draft. But you would certainly expect that they are going to speak a lot of the same language, Mike, as the Patriots try to get this offense and Mac Jones headed in the right direction.
2: Tom Pelissero on NFL Network. I like what he has to say there. We know there's a connection between Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. There's a mutual respect. They work together in the offseason. They very often will watch the other's practices. They collaborate. They have very similar philosophies and opinions, uh, viewpoints about how they run their respective programs. That is one reason why Bill Belichick drafted Mac Jones. Because he knew how highly he was thought of and, and the training he had gone through with Nick Saban. Bill O'Brien wasn't part of that era, but think about the the offenses. Think about the production, and of course, the winning, the championships that the that Alabama has had. And Bill O'Brien now comes back from that system too. Uh, so Belichick has shown that he doesn't care what you do when you leave New England necessarily. I mean, he took he's taken multiple coaches back on his staff, rejects, if you will, from other places. They tried and failed at head coaching. It didn't work for whatever reason, and and they go back to Belichick. He's he's loyal. It's funny because when it comes to his rosters, he's ruthless, but when it comes to his coaches and the people that he's worked with, he keeps a fairly tight circle, and he is loyal to those people. So I think this is a, a, a significant move for the Patriots. Again, I think it's unlikely now, especially, that they would move on from Mac Jones. He's cheap, right? They can spend that money elsewhere, um, but I do believe that it's not beyond the realm of possibility they could bring in another quarterback just because their offense was, well, not quite as bad as the Jets, but it, it also suffered mightily in the late stages of the year. We just only saw flashes of, of what Matt can do uh, and flashes where the offense was vertical. Or as, this is one of my favorite phrases in football, where it took the top off the defense. It sounds funny coming from me, but I do love to hear that phrase from quarterbacks. He took the top off the defense. I don't know why. I'm such a nerd. That type of shop talk, football shop talk, just gives me this, like, tingle. (gasps) Mike Tomlin, it gives you that tingle. That's what I'm talking about, Mike Tomlin. It gives you that tingle. See what I mean? Take the top off the defense definitely gives me a tingle. It's like, you want to talk dirty to me? Talk to me about taking the top off the defense.
3: (laughs) What do I look like? (laughs)
2: Ew, not you. Okay, uh, moving on. We've got ask Amy anything in roughly twenty minutes. Uh, I don't know where producer Jay is going to cut you all off because he's he's got a lot of work to do. Have you even started yet?
3: There's so many good. Oh,
2: ones. so many questions. We're going to need like a whole
3: hour for ask Amy this time. I'm Jay- telling you,
2: Jay has said to me repeatedly that was such a good idea. I mean, you know, game changer. Every now and then, blind squirrel finds a nut. Uh, so yes, we've expanded the Ask Amy universe, and now Jay's got extra work on his hands. Exactly what he wanted. Straight ahead, Brandon Bean. His final comments on the Bills season and his comments on Josh Allen. You got.
1: Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fees, 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTMobile.com.
2: Gotta hear them. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.
1: You are listening to the After Hours podcast. Allen back to throw on second and five, pump fakes. Now he's gonna launch it deep downfield. Oh, Intercepted got it, baby. by Cam Taylor Britt! Nice! And that is officially coffin Nail. Bam! Bam!
3: Bam! You know, we could have made a lot of excuses throughout throughout the year of what was going on going on, but guys continued to fight. Um no, we we wanted to win this one. We want to win them all. Um, those guys played better today.
1: Hungry for a taste of the most delicious audio of the night? You came to the right place. It's time for Bite Me with Amy Lawrence. Amy Lawrence.
2: Dan or Dave Lapham. Bam! 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 That signifies the final few nails in the coffin. And it came pretty early for those Bengals against the Bills in the snow at Orchard Park Divisional Round. Bills eliminated once again, far short of their goal. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Brandon Bean, the latest among the Bills brass to say his piece. And... He was asked on Tuesday, are the Bills even in the same class as the Bengals and Chiefs now?
4: You've got to be careful about saying off of one game. You know, it have been like that Indianapolis game in season that we just said, hey, we stink, play all the young guys, kick the other guys to the curb. You know, if, if this wasn't the tournament, if this had been the Cincinnati game in the regular season that we didn't get to finish and that was the outcome, we would have come back here – and said, man, we just get kicked in the teeth. Let's look at it. What happened? You know, where are our matchup advantages? Where are they, where are they doing it? Did, we, sh- did they outscheme us? We'd look at all those things. But um, I don't want to make it one game bigger than it is. The other night, they definitely proved that they deserved to move on, and we didn't.
2: I think his perspective on that particular topic is so wise. He's right. If this had happened a couple of weeks ago in Cincinnati – Sure, they would have got an opportunity to to kind of lick their wounds and regroup. It would have been a major butt-kicking, but it wouldn't have been the end of the season. And so timing is everything. But as I said on last night's show, and we asked you uh, about the Bills and their disappointment versus the Cowboys, who had the more disappointing end of the season, not all disappointment is created equal. And the aspirations for the Bills were Super Bowl. They were sky high. They were Super Bowl high. And so when you all told me 77% of you said that the Bills finish to the year is far more disappointing, I agree with you. Um, They went through so much adversity this year, but they had come out on top to the point where they were the two seed and hosting that game in Orchard Park. It's just, man, a few moments can be so critical. And then getting behind the way they did, they never did find a rhythm against the Bengals' D. Okay, so more with Brandon Bean now. Uh, This idea that they faced pretty much every... Thing that you possibly can in a season, uh, not just the DeMar Hamlin situation, but Dawson Knox loses his brother. Uh, the two major snowstorms, one um, in which they had to be dug out in order to get to the plane to fly to the game. It was in Detroit, I guess. It was a neutral site, right? I mean, They faced so much this year. Not an excuse, but it does underscore the leadership that they had with Sean McDermott.
4: Want to thank Sean McDermott. You know, I thought Sean did a heck of a job this year. I mentioned it the last time I was up here talking about all we've been through this year and Demar's situation. And and um, as I told the team yesterday, uh, this is my 25th season in the league. I don't remember a team coming close to what you know got thrown this team's way. And and I thought Sean navigated that very well and did a great job. Uh, his coaches, um, you know, they all did a you know really good job. You know, knowing when at certain times, when to back off of football and, and, you know, we just need to talk about life here for a little bit, which is hard for a coach. Hey, I want to get out there and do X's and O's and, um, you know, they're just as, you know, frustrated as, as we all are that we didn't get it done, but it wasn't for a lack of work and effort.
2: I agree with him about Shaw McDermott. I feel like leadership is either enhanced or exposed it's either highlighted or exposed when it comes to adversity, and what we saw with Sean McDermott and the heart that he has. What matters most to him, the priorities are his players, uh, but also the way the team has responded to him. You can imagine in this this week, these few days uh, following this loss, it's it's pretty painful. But ultimately, we saw the best of these. Men, we saw their hearts, we saw their compassion, we saw their care, we saw their priorities, we saw their commitment to one another. Uh, we saw their their family and their beliefs and their values really get underscored and that starts. At the top with Sean McDermott. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, the Josh Allen questions, of course. So, Brandon Bean, general manager of the Buffalo Bills, what about Josh Allen and these turnovers that he seems to have in some of the worst possible moments?
4: There's probably some, some turnovers that, that he would tell you, nah, I can't put the ball in harm's, harm's way. But we also see those plays that he makes no, no, no. Oh, what a play! And so you have to live with that a little bit. I mean, he—he's just such a unique player that if you're gonna, you know, pat him on the butt for the wow play, you got to overlook that sometimes. Just trying to make a play, he's gonna throw back across traffic.
2: Here are the numbers for Josh Allen. I went and I looked it up because I wanted to have the full picture. Uh, by the way, that whole question—I'm not even sure to be a question of whether or not Josh Allen is in the same category with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Did you see that circulating on social? Uh, this is why I should spend less time on social media. Uh, but for me, the answer is duh. So so I actually retweeted Dan Orlovsky, who's a friend of mine, uh, and he he said the answer is yes. Uh, and Essentially, he was pretty succinct about it. Yes, Josh Allen is in the same tier as Patrick and Burrow. And I quote tweeted him with duh. A smiley face, of course, and it's not a duh to him, but it's a, I don't even know why we're asking the question, duh. So here are the numbers for Josh in 2022. Nearly 4,300 yards passing, but if you combine his passing yards with his rushing yards... He was over 5,000 yards for the season. Remember, Patrick Mahomes had a new record for most total yards in a year. I think he was 5,600, somewhere around. It was just a little over 5,600. Josh was over 5,000 yards this season combined between the pass and the run. 35 touchdowns through the air, seven touchdowns on the ground. So 42 total touchdowns. And here were the numbers for the turnovers, 22 Okay, so 14 interceptions. This does not count the playoffs, but 14 interceptions, eight fumbles. Here's another number that jumped out at me that I think is critical. And Allen's a beast. That's a compliment. He's a, is a, a load is what I call him affectionately. 33 sacks, a career high this season for Josh Allen, which is why it worries me when he gets hit and he's and he's running. So he very often is the Bills' lead rusher. I do not think that's a good formula. He gets tackled when he's out on the run to be sure unless he die or unless he slides, but he's also getting sacked a career high 33 times this season. So yeah, there there have been some turnovers that were Painful, um, but at the same time, it's Josh Allen, and we know how productive he is. He's one of the best in the league, and his GM admits that too.
4: I think Josh has continued to grow his leadership this year. I think took another, you know, uh, you know, another turn up, and I think you saw that through some of the adversity that we dealt with. And you know, I know when we were in the lo- the thing that stood out to me was when we were in the locker room. Dealing with Demar situation in Cincinnati, that Josh was. People were looking to Josh of communicating with me, Sean, and Terry you know, on, you know, and Ron Ricciuia of what what we were going to do, how we were going to do this. And there's no playbook for that for him either, not for us either. But um, you know, his teammates were looking to him, and he he was ready to answer it, even though he was emotionally like us going through it all. And and I thought he handled that. That whole thing, it, it weighed on him a lot, uh, and I thought he, he worked his way through it. But overall, you know, Adam, I think Josh, you know, had a really good year for us. We did a lot of good things. The only thing I get on to him, he's got too many bruises on him, and we got to work on, on taking less hits. Is, that's, that's the only reason I'm going to ever criticize Josh is just take less hits.
2: Yeah, 33 sacks. get a career high for Josh Allen so far. But the production was still there. Over 5,000 yards, 42 total touchdowns. Yes, 22 turnovers. And yet, they were still the two seed. They won the AFC East again. And they just laid an egg against the Bengals. I know Josh didn't play well. No one on the Bills played well. Just the last I checked, Josh doesn't line up on defense. Did you see how the Bengals torched the Bills' defense in the first quarter? Over 100 yards in the first 11 minutes and two touchdowns. It was was brutal. So the defense has to bear responsibility as well. But good stuff from Brandon Bean. I really enjoyed it. Coming up, Ask Amy Anything. It's our Hump Show staple. You've got a couple of seconds left. Hurry, hurry to send your questions to our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or to our Facebook page.
1: You are listening. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella, is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward to the After Hours podcast. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Time to ask Amy anything. Sort of. Hit me with your best shot. Fire
2: away. Let's do this thing, shall we? Producer Jay, I know has a ton of questions, so I'm not even gonna talk really to start out. I got a lot to do though next hour, so you don't want to miss the final hour of the hump show. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. We've opened it up for new people, different questions, creativity. Let's go.
3: All right, well we gotta start here because we're talking about it earlier and tomorrow or in the morning, Penny will have her procedure. And we had a bunch of questions coming in about Penny. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Bob wants to know. She is
2: very popular. I would say she's far more popular than me in the neighborhood. Everyone knows Penny. No one knows my name.
3: No one. Well, we got this one from a couple people, but I'll credit Bob here because I believe he did it first. Bob okay. asks, how did you and Penny find each other in the beginning?
2: Oh, my sweet girl. I adopted her, but she actually rescued me. Uh, so I was looking for an Australian Shepherd mix. I did not want a puppy because I knew at that point in my life in 2012, I I couldn't devote the time needed to a puppy. And I had two cats, so a puppy would have been kind of cray. Anyway, I started looking online, and I found this shepherd organizations or rescue organizations simply for shepherds but shepherd mixes so Aussies, German shepherds really any kind of shepherd dog, working dogs type of a thing and I originally adopted a different one Uh, she was older, she was five years old she um, was a a red merle if you will but she attacked my cat the first night I had her home and so I had to take her back I had gone through the whole application process for this five year old dog, I thought it was the perfect thing because she was supposed to be you know, a little, little chiller. Uh, she was not at all. And then I went back. I took her back the very next day. I was devastated. I, I cried and cried. Took her back the very next day when uh, she nearly killed Sugar. And I said to the lady, I really do want to adopt a dog. And she said, well, I just have this this younger Aussie in for the last month. We haven't even finished going through all her tests. She has heartworms, so she's still on medication. But if you like her, she's a really sweet personality. Uh, she's a little younger. She's two and a half. And I thought, oh, that's a little bit too young. Um, but she said, why don't you try her? She's so calm around cats, around people. She just she's very calm in the house, but she's so active outside. She's really sweet. I think you'll love her. And so I took her for a walk at the you wanna know is the it was a rest area in Maryland. For those of you who know the it's it's 95, but for those of you who know that area of Maryland, the Chesapeake House rest area is where we met. I came from the north, she came from the south, and I took Penny for a walk and left with her. And so she wasn't the first dog, but God intended for me to have this one. And that was 11, almost 11 years ago. Back to be 11 years ago in March that I've had this dog. And she's been running my life for that long. So that was our match made in heaven. Thank you for asking.
3: Well, everyone will be definitely. Be oh, by the way,
2: her name was Angelique.
3: No,
0: the first, No, no, no. Or Penny.
2: No, Penny. Her name was Angelina. Excuse me. Ange- oh, no, no. Angelica. It was all of those are crazy. Her name was Angelica, and she didn't know it. They had just given her the name, so I changed it immediately. Really funny, both my nieces submitted a list of names for the dog. The only one they had in common was Penny, and so that was her name. I didn't actually name her. My nieces named her, but it's perfect. She has like 17 nicknames, too. So
3: Always with dogs. You name them, yeah. it's their real name, but you call them whatever yeah. you feel like calling them that hour. Yes. All right, uh, moving on here. Eric wants to know, did you or excuse me, Chris wants to know, did you ever skip school and get caught?
2: Oh, hell no. I was one of those people that wanted to have perfect attendance every year. I would cry when we couldn't be in school. So, no. That I was a goody-two-shoes.
3: Bill asks, "Now, do you have a favorite song that you like to play on the piano?"
2: Well, I there's a lot of songs I like to play on the piano. I have a book of um, Bach finger exercises which are so cool they make me so happy just to play them a lot of different scales and and ways that you kind of work on your finger coordination uh, I also this is, sounds crazy but I love to play traditional Christmas carols They're, the the chords are just beautiful and a lot of the music is, is so great and uh, others too like Amazing Grace and other music um, Chris Tomlin if you know him he's got some really good music more contemporary Amy Grant has some good uh, arrangements out there too though she was a guitar player but yeah I mean, I, I start with classical music, generally do love Christmas carols, and then also play a lot of like Christian contemporary, too, as I know the songs, and so I'll hear them, and they've got great piano uh, parts.
3: Eric asks, how often do you bowl, and what's your high score?
2: I haven't bowled in years. I think that'd be a great date, not to give anyone any ideas, <clears throat> but I I do love to bowl, but I haven't bowled in probably 10 years. Uh, My highest score ever was somewhere in the 250s, 250, 260. You know, when I was a kid, I I bowled all the time. We were in leagues, my brother and I. So my mom is a, like, my gosh, she was an incredible bowler. Uh, That's how she met her husband is at the bowling alley. And uh, my brother and I were in leagues for years when we were kids. So we would go, and then we would go for fun too. But I haven't been in probably 10 years. But yeah, back when I was was playing all the time, or I should say rolling all the time, a regulation size bowling balls, by the way, not the little candles, candle pin bowls. Um, I, yeah, I every now and then could get a game that was above 200, and I think my best ever was like two, two, 250, 260. My mom's husband has bowled a perfect game before. He was – Really? Oh, gosh. He was semi-pro. He was amazing. She, I, he, yeah. Wow.
3: I didn't know that it's all this bowling. Oh, That's you know, a-
2: my family, we love to bowl. It was what we did for fun when <laughs> we were kids. That's awesome. Yeah.
3: All right, moving on here. Muffin Man asks, have you ever sat on a jury –
2: I was picked for jury duty, but we were dismissed before we got called. So I've never sat on a jury, um, but I did. It actually, in New Jersey was the first and only time in my life. So it was in the last 10 years that I was called for jury duty.
3: Greg asks, what is the secret to a great interview of an athlete?
2: Don't try to prove everything that you know when you're talking to a pro athlete. It, what you know doesn't matter. Um, So that's one thing. Don't ask these long, elaborate questions where you're talking about all these stats because stats, they don't, that's not what, you have them for a limited amount of time. Don't waste the time asking long questions and rattling off a bunch of numbers to prove how much you know about this person. Also, I would generally say that there aren't a lot of new questions under the sun when it comes to their craft. Now, you could ask about particular plays. You certainly want to ask if they've got a coaching change or you know if if there's something significant going on with a team, a winning streak. But more often than not, I found that if you do your research, you'll find personal information um, that's been written about them or that they've talked about. A lot of these guys do videos on their own social. If you do research, you'll find personal tidbits about them, family or background or part of their journey. That's when you generally get athletes to open up because they they know they care that people want to know about the rest of their life but don't get in the way that's what i say you only have them for a limited amount of time don't make the interview about you make the interview about the athlete nice
3: uh nancy asks i'm curious how you get to work drive transit or do you have an escort
2: oh like a driver like a driver or like a bodyguard
3: no, like a driver. Uh, you no, mean. I
2: have neither. Uh, I'm a. I drive Princess Leia in and out of the city every night, and then back home every morning. That's what we do.
3: Rob asks, "Are you? Do you have any interest in going to see 80 for Brady?"
2: No. I, I, we talk about Brady and football nonstop in our professional lives. There, football is not football's work. It's work. So no, not on my personal time.
3: <laughs> Crystal wants to know if you are an NFL player. Would you have a touchdown celebration? And if you did, would it be solo or would you include your teammates?
2: Well, no, it would always be with teammates. I'm not really a celebrator. I was more of a yeller on a like a big play, a big block, big defense, something like that. If I played in the NFL, I'd probably be a free safety. Just give me the freedom. Let me do what it is that I need to do and hit people. Um, so I'm, I'm a defensive. I love defense. Defense first. Defensive guru. But I always was about the teammates. And, and so I love what Sam... Uh, Hubbard was it no not Sam Hubbard I'm sorry Cam Taylor Britt uh, Sam Hubbard couldn't celebrate he was out of breath uh, but Cam Taylor Britt with the snow angels oh bring it I'm all about snow angels snowball fights something like that would be fun
3: alright we'll close it out here a little rapid fire we just talked about them but sunrise or sunsets
2: oh sunrise no sunsets because it means I'm not going to bed then so sunsets because it, it's never mind you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm awake then Mustard or ketchup? Ketchup. Uh, parachute or bungee jump? I've never done a, a long bungee. I've jumped out of an airplane before, so I'll say parachute. Wear
3: swim goggles to a first date or, no. or wear a cape to work?
2: Why would I do either one of those things? You got to pick. But I would not wear goggles on a date. You wouldn't be able to see anything, and, and you would never get a second date. So I'd rather wear a cape to work. Whatever. I can I can own that.
3: <laughs> Become as tiny as an ant or as tall as a giraffe? A tall as giraffe. I love it. Giraffes
2: are are
3: elegant. They're beautiful. Aircraft carrier or submarine?
2: Aircraft carrier.
3: Last one here. Have a rooster that barks or a dog that crows? That was sent in by a listener.
2: A dog that crows. That'd be kind of funny, actually. Could you imagine the money we'd make on YouTube with a dog that crows? Endless. Endless yeah. subscribers. I'm going to see if I can teach Penny that, actually. All right. That was fun. Good to hear from you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, our Hump Show, CBS Sports Radio.